0: Hello and thank you for joining us today for Frost and Sullivan's latest webinar from our aerospace defense and security practice. Today's event is titled Global Commercial Drone Outlook, Trends and Technologies that Will Drive Growth. My name is Anna, and I oversee Frost and Sullivan's growth innovation and leadership briefings. Today's presenter is Mike Blades, VP of Consulting and Research. Mike has over 21 years of military flight experience Along with uh, seven years of aerospace and defense industry research and consulting, Mike is a graduate of the United States Air Force Academy. He has advanced degrees in aerospace operations and financial management. You can follow Mike on his Twitter and also his LinkedIn pages. With that, I would now like to hand the presentation over to Mike
1: all right guys <clears throat> excuse me good afternoon everyone um, and thanks for joining um, let's see here go to the next I'm going to go to the next slide and we're going to start talking about exactly what we're going to discuss here what I'm going to discuss uh, you'll be able to ask questions I think uh, over on, on the side of the, uh, the presentation slide here and when we get to the end uh, we'll, we'll answer many these questions we have time with uh, for uh, so for the focus points, obviously this is a presentation about the commercial UAS market, how we see the market playing out. Uh, some, we'll talk about some estimates, market trends, technology trends, um, what the regulatory uh, outlook is, and some market predictions. So just some background. These are the more, most recent report titles we've completed here at Frost & Sullivan regarding commercial UAS. You can see we've done a, a couple of global commercial UAS market reports, both 2015 and 2017. I just finished a global commercial um, UAS market outlook for 2019, which this this briefing is based on that and it should be published sometime in the next couple weeks, Um, and you can see all the different areas where we've uh, conducted research with regards to the different verticals and also some competitive intelligence uh, in different areas with drone box, AI companies, a subset of that, computer vision companies, and also the drone services providers. And uh, we have a full question here. If you wouldn't mind answering this, we're trying to find out uh, of the attendees who would like, uh, what they are hoping most to get from this presentation, whether it's the the German market size, uh, the market trends, uh, opportunities uh, for growth in the market, or Or something else. Not sure exactly how that shows up, but I think I can forward the slide and still have you all answer that poll question at your leisure. Okay, so it skipped right past that introduction slide. Basically, it's just a a slide saying, we're gonna talk about the commercial UAS market forecast now. And so, overall, this is what we're seeing, um, or this is what everybody wants to see, a big hockey stick um, with all the hype. This is what we're actually seeing, some steady growth, mainly driven by the fact that regulatory agencies aren't, aren't are notoriously slow, especially in aviation, and we're seeing a more of a consistent growth, pretty much spurned by uh, part 107 and, and the addition of regulations that are sort of mirroring that around the world. This is how we see segmentation. So, a different sub-segments under each of these categories, but there's the delivery by drone, inspections and monitoring, mapping surveying, aerial photography and video, precision ag, Pseudo satellites, which is pretty much not a market yet, but it will be in the future probably, or we think it will be anyways, Most, might be more geared towards the military, but there'll be some commercial applications as well, like uh, replacing uh, communication satellites and, and things of that nature. Uh, also research and training and then surveillance and disaster response. Obviously any of those areas uh, on the commercial side would be where companies can make a profit doing any of those uh, applications. Uh, here's poll question two. So kind of trying to understand uh, of the attendees where people are uh, on this list. If you're either a drone operator, if you provide services, or if you provide something other than services where you either provide hardware or software, or maybe you don't do any of those things and we just select other. So that's our second poll question. Just to get an idea of what, uh, what the attendee makeup is here. So here's our platform market estimate. You can see that it's both based on revenue and units. So I included 2017 because 2018 just finished, but this was an estimate developed from a lot of research conducted on actual platform sales and how many companies there are around around the world in different areas that have, have actually uh, registered commercial drones with their different CAAs. So you can see here we have revenues though are increasing steadily through next year, but then we see a jump in 2021. That's, as you can see from the chart highlight below, we think that's about when the uh, Beyond Visual Line of Sight rule will be in place, at least in the US. And again, probably just like registration, we think the global rules will sort of follow in line. But as you see in 2022, we see that sort of leveling off and that being that jump. Again, it's going to be a slow growth after that. You have a lot of... Uh, new regulations coming into view and in, or into place in, in large economies like India and China, but uh, especially in India, not exactly sure how that uh, how that supply chain is going to work or people are going to be able to do like what they do here and just go down to Best Buy and buy drones. So there, and also there's very, rare still very restrictive rules. It's not a ban anymore, which is good, but again, the, the growth is still going to be slow even after. Uh, the beyond visual line of sight rule comes into place and gives us that little that little bump. And it could be pushed out to 2022. I really don't think it's going to happen before that bump. So services market estimates. This is a difficult portion of the uh, the, the market to estimate. There's there's hundreds, maybe thousands of small businesses co- conducting commercial drone services, anywhere from you know companies that take pictures of real real estate all the way up to the, the, the big. Large corporations like Honeywell and GE that are they're getting into the drone business. And a lot of you on online probably know Colin Snow and his late, his company's latest uh, survey in 2018 found out that uh, only 12% of the drone service providers are making 100k each a year. So it, the revenues aren't high, but there's a lot of them. So it's a very fragmented market. And just from a, a, a project I'm working on now. I'm estimating that the top 20 drone services providers in 2018 probably had about 100 million revenue, so it, that's about the best we can do right now. And if you see reports out there saying what the drone services provider market is globally, it's, it's probably just sort of a, a guesstimate and uh, in, in some sort of um, forecasting model used to that, do that, that kind of work. So here's some t- technology trends we're seeing. Uh, autonomy is, is taking hold. We're, a lot of drones are semi-autonomous now, but we're probably only two to three years from fully autonomous. Um, we still need some things like uh, automatic see or sense and avoid equipment, um, some better AI for data processing and, and for better computer vision for automating those drones. But a lot of companies are working on those types of uh, technologies. Artificial intelligence itself is really at You see it everywhere and it's very, very uh, hype. Is a lot of hype going on. So at the peak in some markets, but really it's it's gaining traction fairly rapidly in within commercial drone markets because of it's of ai 's ability to reduce processing times to use that those algorithms to identify things that uh, need to be seen when the data is collected. Obviously, you need a lot of data in order to uh, make the machine learning algorithms learn but uh, it's, it's progressing quite nicely and a lot of companies are really focusing on that so they can have some sort of uh, advantage over their competitors. Swarming multi- and multi-drone ops, so we've all seen the companies like Intel and E-Hong and, uh, that have had those multiple drone demonstrations like at the Super Bowl um, where they're all coordinated flight. Um, V-Hive system is a little interesting because it uses drones in multiple controllers to um, work as a as a swarm to get one certain job done. So instead of one aircraft inspecting one uh, wind turbine, as just an example, you can have five aircraft that inspect parts. So it would take one-fifth of the time to do an inspection. I expect to see more types of uh, operations like that. So you can get, again, that, that goes to the next trend we see below, which is minimizing time to data. So if you, if you can get the data collected in, in one-fifth of the time, then obviously you can minimize that time from when you start collecting to get that final answer to make a decision. Uh, but in addition to the, the swarming we have, advances in the GPS or GNSS receivers, uh, the uh, graphics processing units and video processing units, um, aut- a- autonomous capabilities, AI, and also the decreasing prices for RTK and PPK capable drone system in the, in the mapping and surveying area. All, all, this, all these things together um, are driving down the time it takes to gather and process and analyze data. For market trends, there's a lot going on, and you can see this especially with, when you talk about the uh, the drone conferences that are becoming popular. There's, there's uh, a lot of interest in vertical or industry-related conferences because there's so many different things that uh, each industry requires that might be different from another industry with regards to platforms and hard uh, hardware overall um, subsystems like sensors, different software. Um, so obviously we see this trend mostly in what is allowed for part 107 because you don't have to get special allowance or special uh, allowances or uh, waivers in order to operate outside of, of those uh, 107 rules there's a continued migration to full stack most people most uh, operators don't want to go to five or six different vendors for each portion of the of the drone flight they don't want to have a different software that does fleet management and then collects the data and stores the data and does data analytics. They're one of this end-to-end software. So companies like Hangar that are uh, putting together those kind of capabilities and a, a drone deploy that offers the uh, the uh, the app market and things like that, those, those, are, those are where the trends are, are going. This one, one, one software for each capability is kind of falling off to the wayside. Uh, investing to scale, <clears throat> excuse me, there's been a, a, a very uh, Noticeable increase in acquisitions and partnerships, um, especially g- regarding DSPs. A lot of that sometimes has to do with just pur- purchasing a company that has paying customers, so you, you can get that cash flow and keep operating until we get more favorable regulations. Um, but all in all, it's, companies have to have that ability to, to scale their operations. Flying one or two or three drones uh, isn't gonna do a whole lot of good for a company that's you know, nationwide or global. You just have to be able to scale those operations. And also medical and rural deliveries, I've probably seen a lot of uh, news articles and reports talking about a lot of areas in Africa, Vanuatu, um, I actually show a little, a slide later here talks about what's going on in delivery. Um, but you can see it's not really the consumer goods that's being delivered, it's, it's, it's a life-saving medical treatments or delivering things in rural areas where there's just not any uh, infrastructure to support those kinds of uh, deliveries. Here's a closer look at delivery. Uh, drone delivery in Canada is pretty interesting. They, they, they recently re- uh, received clearance to test a drone that can carry 50 pounds uh, up to 60 miles. Um, they're developing drones specifically for um, parcel and large package delivery. Um, Iceland is using, uh, the, their AHA company is using Flytrex, which is an Israeli company to uh, to deliver, and actually consumer stuff that two to seven miles and, and it's, being delivered across waterways, so it's it's uh, it's solving a problem that you don't have, that you can get from one place delivery from one place to another over this uh, over this obstacle. It's just water. Um, obviously, one of the most important is uh, those operations from zipline in, in Rwanda and Tanzania that's delivering medical supplies, you know, critical medical supplies to people who need it, who wouldn't maybe get them up in time otherwise because of the lack of infrastructure in those countries. Uh Rakuten is starting to deliver uh, parcels. They're in coordinates with JD.com, which shows up again down in China, who's pretty much leading the, the de, uh, development of parcel d- delivery for drones. They're supposed to even be putting in um, charging stations in rural areas so drones can land, charge, and take off and, and go further. Um, and there's Swoop Air that I talked about delivering as I don't want to. The inter- interesting thing about all this is... Uh, Supposed to be billed here. Yeah, Amazon's still not delivering to your door like they promised in 2013. So, some regulatory outlook information. Uh, Europe adopted the Amsterdam Declaration to homogenize drone operating rules throughout the EU. Uh, CAA's published more restrictive rules uh, on recreational and commercial drone use, which uh, take effect one June. You can read online what the, the pluses and minuses are about that. It's just interesting. And then, uh, obviously, the FAA recently um, put in their NPRM's for uh, beyond visual line of sight and operations over people. I mean, the FAA administrator already said that BVLS won't happen without the remote ID. So that, that's even gonna take a while for us to figure out what remote ID is gonna be and what the requirements for that. Is it gonna, what kind of frequency is it gonna use? What kind of uh, equipage are you gonna have to need to uh, meet remote ID requirements? Saudi Arabia recently opened up a uh, registration for their recreational commercial drones. Um, they had a ban previously and also obviously uh, kind of the, in a bigger region with a bigger economy. India also lifted their drone ban recently. Uh, their rules are still very restrictive, but they're already working on um, their 2.0 version of their rules, which is supposed to be more risk-based uh, rather than prescriptive for uh, using commercial drones in a in safe environment. So, and so growth opportunities. Basically, we, we evaluate the markets and we try and help our clients understand where they can look to enter a market or expand within a, a current market that they're in in order to increase their growth. So one, no, first area is AI machine learning. We talked about that earlier. There's a lot of companies that are trying to increase the capabilities of their software, especially in the, uh, the data analytics side by using AI. So. Companies that invest in that, and, and again, can reduce that minim- and minimize that time to data. So where you have a, maybe even the capability of getting this answer at the end is presented to you. It, here's here's the information we gathered, uh, goes to the executive and it presents them with either a yes or no question, or, or the answer is either yes or no. It doesn't, the idea is to have the data give you the e- easiest decision-making process possible for either uh, strategic planning, or um, whatever fits your business model. Uh, advanced sensors, still gonna, we, we, you know, we started this entire market without any sensors that were specifically made for drones. Now, their companies are looking at making robust sensors that uh, are required for uh, identifying the drones with remote idea, having see or sensing avoid, void, which would be required for be, be on visual line of sight, and then also collision is which would be needed for beyond visual insight as well as just having those robust sensors to be able to, to collect the, the largest amount of data quicker and even maybe having some edge processing capabilities embedded with those. Minimizing time to data, I talked about that, but it's also a, a growth opportunity. So anything that a company can provide in that supply chain from, plat- from a platform or software perspective that allows us to minimize the time uh, it takes to collect, store, process, and analyze data. Uh, is, is a growth opportunity. Uh, drone analytics with a vertical focus. So, yes, minimizing time to data is good, but we also want to make sure, uh, a lot of companies that are doing very well right now are making sure that they are the best at doing uh, drone data collection, processing, and analytics in a specific industry, whether it's oil and gas, or whether it's precision ag, or whether it's in uh, inspecting wind turbines. Uh, some of those areas have lots of competition, so you want to be the best. You want to have the best data. You want to get a, the quickest, um, and, and be able to provide those answers all, all at a, a reasonable ROI. And while also, uh, there's <clears throat> going to be significant, there, there are now, but obviously there will be more uh, growth opportunities in systems that increase safety. Uh, so ballistic parachutes, so you can fly over people, um, prop shrouds, ducted propellers, uh, frangible platforms, and or just redundant systems, so redundant communication systems that allow Uh, for beyond visual line of sight or um, just longer distance operations, because you are going to be able to ensure that that C2 connection is made. They also had a real interesting, and if anyone's seen it, that caught my attention, an algorithm, uh, I think the company is called Verify, that if a quad rotor loses one motor or two motors, as long as they're not adjacent to each other. Uh, it stabilizes the drone so it can land without just careening into somebody. So that's a very interesting technology that's just software-driven that could uh, increase the the ability for aircraft to be certified to fly over people, or at least making it a requirement to fly over to have it that capability to fly uh, over crowds. Some market predictions. I've um, been talking about this for a couple years, and it actually has happened with especially with Airware shutting down, it's shutting its doors last year, but. There's still more platform makers that aren't, aren't going to make it. Probably, I, I see even some of the uh, transitional drone makers going away soon. They've, I think I had 13 or 14 different companies that came on the market in 2017 that make the transitional drones that take off VTOL and fly like a fixed wing. There's just not enough, I don't think, market uh, demand for those, for all those to survive. Um, I see DSPs, uh, general services providers, continuing to expand uh, via acquisition and experience to remain competitive. So uh, maybe acquiring some of the smaller companies and getting some of that uh, that subject matter expertise, especially if they're companies that work in the same uh, industry uh, with the same industry focus that the DSP that's acquiring is in. Uh, Expect some some notable software makers to cease operations as well. Uh, Again, there's so many Drone management software platforms out there, but there's just not enough work to support them all. Some will go away, some will get acquired. We'll see some, we'll see steady but notable growth. Um, industry adoption will will still grow settle, steadily but significantly, um, as the actual decision makers in the companies become educated on the real benefits of drones, whether it's a financial benefit or a safety benefit, or a time savings benefit, or a combination of those. Uh, growth will also can be uh, driven by the, the lifting of, the, of commercial drone bans uh, in key countries, as well as um, just once those drone bans are lifted, going through the same process that we've gone through here in the U.S. where people, uh, our companies, are learning how to make sure, how, how to make drones work for them as a, as a tool. Uh, it, business is not easy, so you, they're going to have to learn just like the businesses we've, we've had here in the U.S. and in, in Europe as to how uh, to to best make uh, out on their ROI with using drones. Um, AI and edge processing, is, I think, are, are two things that are really going to drive growth. AI is going to uh, enable autonomous operations through com- computer vision, but it's also going to streamline the process for um, collecting, analyzing, and um, collecting, processing, and analyzing the huge amount of data that comes in through drone pr- uh, sensors. And obviously, as those sensors get better, you're going to have more data. Um, and in all- that, that goes to the edge processing point that as we, again, as we, we collect more data, we need to process at the point of collection because you don't really need to send all that data down a, a limited data link. Only the, only the data that you really need to go down that data link can be stored and or processed and analyzed uh, through, the, through the cloud. Uh, I see energy and infrastructure uh, as the industry that are, they're going to see the greatest interest in commercial drones um, just because of the great number of applications uh, within those two verticals uh, and the cost savings within it, it's very easy and also mentions the safety benefits their safety is is, is paramount as well but it's very easy to um, justify owning drones to to, um, to inspect something like a flare stack when you can, or just a, uh, a an oil, <coughs> excuse me, in a refining facility where you can save millions of dollars in just a few days by not having to shut the, that, that plant down in order to do these inspections. The ROI, areas obviously where ROI is, is pretty much in your face. It's, it's going to be easy for those industries to uh, adopt drones. Uh, the last prediction, there's the promise of 5G delays. 5G is, is kind of on the, the same hype train as AI. It's got a lot of potential, but it uses millimeter wave. Technology, which is about one tenth of the range, if I'm not mistaken, it's one fifth or one tenth. I'm sorry, I can't remember. I think it's one tenth of the range of 4G LTE. So obviously, it's going to take a while for this to become uh, a a big deal. It'll be it'll be more useful in the urban areas because you can put more antennas around and and to mitigate that uh, that shorter distance that 5G. But the the use of 5G in the future is where you can transfer so much more data at such a higher rate with lower such lower latency than what the current 4G has. Yeah, there's amazing potential. It's just going to it's just not going to happen as quickly, I think as the 5G advocates would to, would want you to think. Some key technologies for the future. This is something we've been adding to our reports lately just to, to give people information on some of the things that that are sort of on the on the leading edge and could be uh market drivers in the future. So, The first one is wireless charging. It's interesting we have the long distance wireless charging with a, um, Global Energy Technologies, I think it's the name of the company. I can't remember. I should have had it written down in front of me, but uh, if anybody wants to talk about this kind of stuff, they can obviously contact me after the, the webinar. i love to talk about these things. But uh, they also have a, a company called Wibotic that does the short distance, which basically is the wireless charging for it, when a drone lands on a charging pad and doesn't need a, a contact, or when it lands in a, a drone in a box situation, where again, where they don't have to have a contact. There's just uh, a, a wireless charging uh, receiver, transmitter and receiver, uh, one on the drone box itself and stuff, one on the, on the, on the uh, drone, that allows it to char- recharge the drone without actually having to, to make a, a physical contact. Again, we, we talked about 5G, and again, it's going to be a very interesting uh, process by, how, by which that is in, implemented, and once 5G is, is widespread, it's going to have a huge implications on drones and how, how they communicate with each other and how, much, how they uh, communicate with other IoT devices. Fuel cells and hybrid propulsion, batteries are not, battery densities or uh, energy densities are not increasing that quickly. It's about 3% to 5% a year. So if we want to be able to carry things further, heavier, and longer, and for longer amounts of time, the answer is going to have to be, for quite some time, some sort of fuel cell or a hybrid propulsion. Um, so we'll look to see those technologies pushing some of the, uh, the demand, especially for drones that are over 55 pounds. Sensor fusions is interesting. If you look at a company called Brash Tech, they, they fuse EO, IR, electro-optical, and infrared images with, with LiDAR. Uh, so you don't have to overlay them. They do it at, the, at, at the same time. They come up with some very interesting uh, in, inspection capabilities that you wouldn't have if you were just using uh, one camera or the other, or they weren't uh, they weren't al- aligned to take the data at the same time. And then blockchain, um, it could re- provide the means uh, to, to enable the autonomous drones in, in their operations uh, to help ensure safe flights and guarantee transfer of secure data. That's That's another interesting sort of way out there concept that I don't totally understand, but I'm working very hard to to understand it more every day because you see blockchain uh, described or attempted to be described almost on a daily basis. So some conclusions and takeaways. So the revenue from platform sales is gonna level off. The number of platforms required is gonna continue to grow um, as the regulations allow for more commercial operations. The reason being for that, when you see uh, revenues level off, but you see the, the platforms numbers still growing, the play, per platform prices are expected to continue to decrease. Expect considerable consolidation in, in many areas of the ecosystem, probably throughout 2019 and 2020 as this, this market grows, uh, it kind of transitions from nascent to a growth market and uh, the companies that aren't doing well will shake out. And so that's going to include mergers and acquisitions, as well as companies just not operating anymore. Expect autonomy, AI, and advanced sensor, advanced sensors, and changing global re- regulatory frameworks um, to drive the market. The, uh, the the regulations are are going to have the m- most effect, depending on when or how long it takes them to open up areas like beyond visual line of sight and operations over people. There are still many um, several growth opportunities in the ecosystem. It's it's, it's not closed off to new entrants, um, but again, we're, we're transitioning from a nascent market to a growth market as a lot of these industries uh, un- understand more with, with operations what they need to do, what they need to improve, and, and how to uh, save money while they're uh, using drones to uh, improve their operations and just as a tool to uh, make decision-making quicker and, and uh, at a lower cost. So the excuse me, the growth opportunities aren't just limited to uh, software and hardware, but the, also the subsystems themselves and uh, developing new sensors. Um, all those type, types of things are gonna uh, enable expanded commercial operations to include better line of and operations over people when those uh, when those regulatory frameworks come together. Okay, that's uh, the end of my presentation. Or open it up for questions. I'll hand it over to Anna and she'll, she'll put the questions up and I'll try to answer as many as I can.
0: Thank you, Mike. Uh, yes, uh, we have a question here. Um, what was the name of the company providing fused sensors?
1: Brash Tech. B R A S H T E C H.
0: Okay, very well. Thank you. And uh, moving to our our next question here, uh, when you think, when do you think the BVLOS rules will be in place, and why? Okay, well,
1: obviously those are going to change, or those are going to be in place in different regions at different times. Uh, I think the US, beyond visual line of sight, obviously the NPRM's now, I I think I hinted at it in one of the slides that beyond visual line of sight will probably be somewhere 2021, beginning or end of 2021, maybe into 2022. I don't think it's going to happen next year or two, because again, we have to have remote ID. Uh, According to FAA, the decision has to be made on what does remote ID going to going to be made of what's going to be required is it going to be a radio frequencies? is it going to be wi-fi is it going to be you know it, there's a, is it going to be a, a self signal for, that operates the 4g what's it going to be and then also is it going to have to have any backup systems so once we figure that out then we can move on to beyond visualized site but there will also be requirements i think for sense and avoid or scene avoid and a lot of that technology is out there it's just a matter of uh, how do you uh set the requirements for what the small drones are going to have to have in order to operate in a, in a low altitude environment um, without the operator having the drone itself in sight. So, I think 2021, 2022, and again, just because of the technology that's going to have to be required to operate out of the sight of folks, and once the folks operating them, once that happens, I think the opportunities are going to be coming from not operating beyond visual over the horizon, but operating drones offsite through some sort of command post where you're, or command center where you don't have to actually uh, be where the drone is in order for it to conduct whatever application is conducting, whether it's an inspection or, or some sort of uh, security function, or whatever that may be.
0: Thank you. And speaking of drones, uh, which industries do you think will benefit the most from drone use in the future?
1: Well, the industries that seem to be benefiting most now are mapping and surveying, and you can see a lot of development there with re- regards to uh, low-cost RTK and low-cost PPK sensors, um, and dr- uh, just drones themselves being able to <coughs> uh, operate with the uh, real-time kinematic and the post-processing kinematic abilities to get sub-centimeter resolutions for mapping and surveying. With drones that are less than $10,000, that, that's a, a massive thing that uh, is driving some of the capabilities now. But I think that in the future, uh, at least until we get beyond visual on site for the next two or three years, we're going to see more and more adoption within the verticals that have the highest ROIs, like oil and gas, I- energy, um, anything that has to do with energy. So it could be renewables or inspecting towers that carry high... high uh, uh, high uh, power line, what do they call those, high uh, high voltage power lines, and in, in, in wind turbine inspections, those kinds of things, um, I have heard that there are, are been told there's a lot of uh, competition in the wind turbine inspection market right now, so um, it's, it's kind of, it might be a little bit of a race to the bottom, but all the companies that are doing that aren't gonna be around, so it, it's probably gonna shake out to to the best of breed working out there, But um, all those verticals in energy and mapping and surveying and construction, I think, are the ones that are, are probably going to be uh, growing in ad- adoption of drones and also expanding their capabilities uh, just based on experience and understanding where their cost savings can come from uh, as they uh, continue to operate on a daily basis.
0: Thank you, Mike. And I see that we don't have any more questions, but I'd like to go quickly back to our poll results. So we asked our audience on our first poll question, what is the main point you hope to get from this presentation? So we have about 50% indicate drone market trends, 33% indicate the drone market size, and lastly, 16% indicate drone market growth opportunities. Our uh, second poll question we asked our audience, where do you function in the drone ecosystem? And it's a split. We have half of our audience indicate uh, their drone services provider, and then the other half is other. So these are the results from the two poll questions. And then I have a question one of our uh, members is asking, um, will the on-demand recording be available? And yes, today's session will be available on-demand shortly after we have finished. So I do not see any more questions at this time. So this concludes today's session. Again, as Mike mentioned before, please contact us with any uh, additional questions. I've posted his details on your screen you can uh, call him or you can send him an email. And you can also visit uh, the Aerospace Defense and Security website. It's uh, listed on your attachments tab. And uh, that will give you a little bit more information about what what the program entails. And uh, we want to thank everyone for joining us today. Enjoy the rest of your day.